Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Van Verloc had left nothing in doubt, nothing whatever. He had been driven out of his mind almost by an extraordinary performance, which for you or me would be difficult to take as seriously meant but for which produced a great impression, obviously, on him. The assistant commissioner then imparted briefly to the great man, who sat still, resting his eyes under the screen of his hand, Mr. Verloc's appreciation of Mr. Vladimir's proceedings and character. The assistant commissioner did not seem to refuse it a certain amount of competency, but the great personage remarked, All this seems very fantastic. Doesn't it? One would think it a ferocious joke. But our man took it seriously, it appears. He felt himself threatened. Formerly, you know, he was in direct communication with old Stott Wardenheim himself, and had come to regard his services as indispensable. It was an extremely rude awakening. I can imagine that he lost his head. He became angry and frightened. Upon my word, my impression is that he thought these embassy people quite capable, not only of throwing him out, but of giving him away, too, in some manner or other. How long were you with him? interrupted the presence from behind his big hand. Some forty minutes, Sir Ethelred, in a house of bad repute called the Continental Hotel, closeted in a room which, by the by, I took for the night. I found him under the influence of that reaction which follows the effort of crime. The man cannot be defined as a hardened criminal. It is obvious that he did not plan the death of that wretched lad, his brother-in-law. That was a shock to him. I could see that. Perhaps he is a man of strong sensibilities. Perhaps he was even fond of the lad, who knows? He might have hoped that the fellow would get clear away, in which case it would have been almost impossible to bring this thing home to anyone. At any rate, he risked consciously nothing more than arrest for him. The assistant commissioner paused in his speculation to reflect for a moment. Though how, in that last case, he could hope to have his own share in the business concealed is more than I can tell, he continued, in his ignorance of poor Stevie's devotion to Mr. Verloc, who was good, and of his truly peculiar dumbness, which in the old affair of fireworks on the stairs had for many years resisted entreaties, coaxing, anger, and other means of investigation used by his beloved sister." for Stevie was loyal. No, I can't imagine. It's possible that he never thought of that at all. It sounds an extravagant way of putting it, Sir Ethelred, but his state of dismay suggested to me an impulsive man who, after committing suicide with the notion that it would end all of his troubles, had discovered that it did nothing of the kind. 
The assistant commissioner gave this definition an apologetic voice. But in truth, there is a sort of lucidity proper to extravagant language, and the great man was not offended. A slight jerky movement of the big body, half lost in the gloom of the green silk shades, of the big head leaning on the big hand, accompanied by an intermittent, stifled but powerful sound. The great man had laughed. "'What have you done with him?' The assistant commissioner answered very readily. "'As he seemed very anxious to get back to his wife in the shop, I let him go, Sir Ethelred.' "'You did? But the fellow will disappear.' "'Pardon me, I don't think so. Where could he go to? "'Moreover, you must remember that he has got to think of the danger from his comrades, too. "'He's there at his post. How could he explain leaving it? "'But even if there were no obstacles to his freedom of action, he would do nothing. "'At present, he hasn't enough moral energy to take a resolution of any sort. "'Permit me also to point out that if I had detained him,' we would have been committed to a course of action on which I wish to know your precise intentions first. The great personage rose heavily, an imposing, shadowy form in the greenish gloom of the room. I'll see the Attorney General tonight, and will send for you tomorrow morning. Is there anything more you'd wish to tell me now? The Assistant Commissioner had stood up also, slender and flexible. I think not, Sir Ethelred, unless I were to enter into details which— "'No, no details, please.' The great shadowy form seemed to shrink away as if in physical dread of details, then came forward, expanded, enormous and weighty, offering a large hand. "'And you say that this man has got a wife?' "'Yes, Sir Ethelred,' said the assistant commissioner, pressing deferentially the extended hand. "'A genuine wife and a genuinely respectably marital relation.' He told me that, after his interview at the embassy, he would have thrown everything up. He would have tried to sell his shop and leave the country, only he felt certain that his wife would not even hear of going abroad. Nothing could be more characteristic of the respectable bond than that, went on, with a touch of grimness, the assistant commissioner, whose own wife, too, had refused to hear of going abroad. Yes, a genuine wife, and the victim was a genuine brother-in-law. From a certain point of view, we are here in the presence of a domestic drama. The assistant commissioner laughed a little, but the great man's thoughts seemed to have wandered far away, perhaps to the questions of his country's domestic policy, the battleground of his crusading valor against the Paynim cheeseman. The assistant commissioner withdrew quietly, unnoticed, as if already forgotten. He had his own crusading instincts. This affair which, in one way or another, disgusted Chief Inspector Heat, seemed to him a providentially given starting point for a crusade. He had it much at heart to begin. He walked slowly home, meditating that enterprise on the way, and thinking over Mr. Verloc's psychology in a composite mood of repugnance and satisfaction. He walked all the way home. Finding the drawing-room dark, he went upstairs and spent some time between the bedroom and the dressing-room, changing his clothes, going to and fro with the air of a thoughtful sonambulist. But he shook it off before going out again to join his wife at the house of the great lady patroness of Michaelis. He knew he would be welcomed there. On entering the smaller of the two drawing-rooms, he saw his wife in a small group near the piano. 
a youngish composer in process of becoming famous, was discoursing from a music stool to two thick men whose backs looked old and three slender women whose backs looked young. Behind the screen, the great lady had only two persons with her, a man and a woman who sat side by side on armchairs at the foot of her couch. She extended her hand to the assistant commissioner. I never hoped to see you here tonight, Annie told me. Yes, I had no idea myself that my work would be over so soon. The assistant commissioner added in a low tone, I'm glad to tell you that Michaelis is altogether clear of this. The patroness of the ex-convict received this assurance indignantly. Why, were your people stupid enough to connect him with? Not stupid, interrupted the assistant commissioner, contradicting deferentially. Clever enough, quite clever enough for that. A silence fell. The man at the foot of the couch had stopped speaking to the lady and looked on with a faint smile. "'I don't know whether you have ever met before,' said the great lady. Mr. Vladimir and the assistant commissioner, introduced, acknowledged each other's existence with punctilious and guarded courtesy. "'He's been frightening me,' declared suddenly the lady who sat by the side of Mr. Vladimir, with an inclination of her head towards that gentleman. The assistant commissioner knew the lady. "'You do not look frightened,' he pronounced, after surveying her conscientiously with his tired and equable gaze. He was thinking meantime to himself that in this house one met everybody sooner or later. Mr. Vladimir's rosy countenance was wreathed in smiles, because he was witty, but his eyes remained serious, like the eyes of a convinced man.' "'Well, he tried to, at least,' amended the lady. "'Force of habit, perhaps,' said the assistant commissioner, moved by an irresistible inspiration. "'He has been threatening society with all sorts of horrors,' continued the lady, whose enunciation was caressing and slow. "'Apropos of this explosion in Greenwich Park, it appears we all ought to quake in our shoes at what's coming if those people are not suppressed all over the world. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.